0: Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to Pure Hustle Podcast. Yes, thank you so much. We do have a request though, before we get started, if you have found our content to be entertaining or helpful, would you consider leaving us a review on iTunes? Those five-star reviews really help to make sure that our content gets out there and that our show continues to grow. Enjoy the show.
1: Welcome to Pure Hustle Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando and we're on episode 358, an update episode.
0: Yeah, our update episodes are kind of our flagship episode. These are the episodes where we get to uh, kind of talk about what's going on in our life reselling, maybe some recent stories, funny stories, maybe some um, cool things that happened while we were out garage selling or at thrift stores, uh, weird eBay interactions, those types of things. Uh, And then we also get to talk about kind of what's going on in the reselling world, updates on um, you know, big events, uh, maybe changes in policies, uh, things that have made the news with reselling, things that are going to help you with your reselling business. And then we also give you Bolo. So uh, we love doing our update episodes every other Wednesday. And then we also have themed episodes, Monday episodes. So make sure you are liking, subscribing, uh, that you are following us on wherever you get your podcasts because you don't want to miss episodes. Uh, but yeah, so what's what's going on, Orlando? Uh, you know, it's interesting because... I've mentioned before, like
1: summer slowdown, right? We slow down, right? And so lately, you know, I have been listing and, and I've been sourcing all this, but things have kind of calmed down for a little bit. I, You know, my my kids go back to school in a couple of weeks and uh, I just took a trip with my son. And so, you know, I haven't been reselling as much. I've still, you know, I've taken the pictures of ahead of time and I even had clothing I had to, <laughs> I can't stand listing clothing, but I took pictures of measurements. So I can list those. And so, you know, it's just been one of those things where <laughs> you feel like you're working, hoping that things will turn around someday. And and I, I want to preface this with a little bit. I, It's been interesting because uh, I caught a few YouTube videos. So sometimes I like watching, you know, smaller creators on YouTube and we're small creators, by the way. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, I like seeing, you know, their thoughts and uh, some part-timers were saying, you know, you gotta be careful that you don't listen to the the bigger resellers that are saying it's slow because for them slow may mean something different than what it means for a part-timer. Right? So somebody that's, that's a, you know, a, a big time seller, you know, they're, they're expecting to make, you know, let's say, let's say on the bottom end like 500 a day. Okay. 500 a day because they're full time. And that includes shipping. That includes taxes. That includes everything. And you know they're only making like two to three hundred, uh, kind of, which is my life right now at times. And you know they'll they'll go like, oh man, things are really slow, right? But for a part timer to get those kind of numbers is is amazing. Like things are going really well, right? And I remember those days when I was reselling part time. If I was making you know a thousand a week. Like that was spectacular. Like that, that was amazing because, you know, I wasn't paying bills with that. Right. All that was, was just extra money, right. Money to pay off some debt, money to go, I don't know, on a date night, money to go on vacation, whatever it is. And so I want to preface, you know, what I'm saying about how sales have been for me, meaning that I get it. Like if you're part time and you're listening to Orlando and you're like, man, Orlando's always super negative. uh, I, I think it's perspective. Right, I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just showing the reality of for me, things are slow. Like I'm not making the amount of sales I need uh, to be able to pay all my bills, to be able to have extra money to go sourcing and all that. Now I do have some of that set aside, okay. But it's been interesting, right? I, I've mentioned before, like I've never dipped in my savings as much as I have in the last six months. And so it continues, you know, there's days where there's all kinds of crazy sales and then there's the next day where it's like, all right, uh, yeah, what's going on? I, I don't know. And and the reality is, I think a lot of resellers right now don't know what's going on. And later on in our reseller topics, I'm going to talk about what I think is going on, uh, what's happening. Uh, but I want to encourage you, if you're part time, keep doing what you're doing, because... You have the perfect scenario right now. Like you have a W two check that's coming in, and you have your you know your benefits and everything. And this is a great time for you because you know people are selling stuff for really cheap, and so you can buy that stuff for cheap. And it's okay for you to hold on to it for a little bit longer. Uh, it's even okay for you to sell it for a little bit cheaper than usual because in the end it's still profitable, right? If you're a full time seller, I encourage you to, you know around the corners Q four, and by the looks of it everything seems you know, on the right path to a profitable Q4. It may mean doing a little more work. It may mean selling things for cheaper, but that doesn't mean that you can't have a Q4 that you end up really profitable. So that's been that's been kind of interesting. I am grateful though. You know, while I'm traveling with my son, it's not 100% passive, but it was still nice to get nice sales. You know, selling an Xbox for 100, selling a buckle for 50, selling this for another 100. You know, it's just nice to do Absolutely nothing, which I already did the work. It's not like I didn't do the work, but it was kind of nice to just, you know, go, be out in the middle of nowhere, you know, having a nice meal. And oh, cha-ching, here's a meal, right? A ching oh, this is going to pay for, you know, the concert tickets. Cha-ching, this is going to pay for the hotel. So it was just kind of nice uh, to have those sales come through. And then garage sales have been just interesting because, you know, Sandy, the issue with San Diego is we can't handle heat like we we if it gets over 90 degrees we're dying we're like oh this is terrible this is a heat wave and so it applies to garage sales so garage sales lately have been i've said this before about 25 percent of them have been resellers that are trying to offload inventory and uh this actually happened at the last garage sale i went to uh Shout out to uh, people in the discord. Secondhand solo uh, he came up, came up to me at a garage sale and goes, "Nah, my G.I. Joe. And I was like, wait, what? like I was still waking up like it didn't it, like in my mind. I, I wasn't putting it together. And I'm like, wait a second, you must listen to the podcast. And I'm like, hey, how's it going? And he's like, hey, it's secondhand solo. I'm like, oh, it's great to meet you. And uh, I, you know, so we're walking around and we're talking and I go to another garage sale. And the and this gal, she probably listens to to the podcast. Looks at me and goes, "I know you. Please don't put me on video." And I'm like, "No, I'm not gonna put you on video," you know. And and just you know, she was just trying to sell some stuff, you know, because eBay right now is is kind of you know not not what people are expecting. And so, um, I've I've had a lot of you know encounters with resellers on the garage sale path of people are just trying to flip stuff, flip stuff. You know, I went into another garage sale. And it's the worst when you forget the address, but the moment you arrive, you're like, wait a second. I've been here multiple times. And so from the window, I yelled, I'm like, sorry guys. I know it's going to sound weird, but I'm leaving. They're like, no, no, come over, come over. We know you like, come, come buy some stuff. And uh, I couldn't do it just because, you know, I I know that they're trying to get, you know, a certain dollar and it's not the dollar that I'm willing to pay to resell. And uh, this is just where we're at. So I Charlie encourage, you know, if if you're reselling, definitely find other ways to flip things. And that's what people are doing at the garage sales. Mike and I lately, I don't know if you've seen all the DMs, Mike, but we're getting a lot of DMs like, hey, I'm done. Or, you know, I, I want to step out of reselling. Would you buy my inventory? And so there's a lot of that going on right now. So that's just so if you're feeling that way, know that you're not alone. There's a lot of people dealing with that. And then, uh, you know, uh, outside of all that, I've just been uh, sourcing a lot of uh, my own inventory that I've had for a while, and it's been selling. I'm um, I'm always super interested when I randomly uh, pick up items. Uh, I'll share one story.
0: Did I did I talk about the Vietnam pins? Did I talk about that recently? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you did last I think last episode or last update episode. And how I sold one for cheap and then I went to worth point. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. Yep. So one of them sold sold for a hundred bucks uh but you know i I keep finding more stuff that i'm like oh wow i picked up all the stuff and i almost donated this and i shouldn't have (laughs) so so be aware like you never know like if you've had big hauls that you picked up and you left them in a death pile and and you're like oh they're not worth much you know spend the 10 15 minutes just going through it because you you never know it could be one or two items then you're like, "Wow, I wish I, you know, I'm so glad that I did not, you know, donate this." Uh, because people are very quick to donate at times, and I understand it. Like, you want to remove whatever is, you know, inhibiting you from doing more because you feel overwhelmed. But sometimes just go through it. Just go through that stuff. All right, I got more to share. But anyways, <laughs> how's things going for you, Mike?
0: Yeah, I mean, things are going really good. Um, I've kind of been doing a little bit more of like. I feel like local is always kind of my my or recently has been more my game um, because I can kind of go on my own time. Whereas garage sales, even though normally garage sales nice because it's, you know, Friday morning or Saturday morning, sometimes Thursday morning, depending on where you're at. um, But I've just been so busy with the move, with visitors coming, with the start of a new school year so with all of that all those things it's been tough to like say for sure i can like saturday mornings whereas i can say like hey it's a tuesday and i've got some time let me go and offer up let me see what's available let me go on facebook marketplace let's see yeah, what's yeah. available um and then it also again is letting me kind of learn this area what are the areas where um you know because i mean when i in san diego um yeah you're looking for certain items which you can kind of see like neighborhoods um we knew which neighborhoods to go to for garage mm-hmm. sales i'm still learning that here like what are the neighborhoods to maybe like oh there's a garage sale in that neighborhood Oh, it's worth it. Not worth it. So this is kind of let me explore the area. Just kind of doing the Facebook marketplace thing, picking up little odds and ends here and there. Uh, And then. um, Oh, okay. so this is kind of cool. So my new district. um, So I'm a teacher full time. That's my W2 job, right? So that's where I'm getting my insurance, all those things which allow me to sell part time. um, But selling part time uh, is becoming more of an issue for me or more of something that's. It makes a significant impact on my life uh, Mm -hmm. because moving here took the pay cut. I've talked about that in the past. Uh, But um, what's kind of cool is my school district, a lot of the schools here in the Texas area are trying really hard to keep teachers. And so they're doing various things to do that. Um, Money isn't always there, but one of the things they're able to do is kind of shorten the the work year or offer uh, like Fridays off or every other Friday off. So our school district elected to do um, like three extra weeks, essentially like three, five day periods throughout the the year. So almost 15 fewer work days uh, that I'm going to have as a teacher this year, which is nice Mm. because the students get the same amount of time because we just extended the days a little bit. You're already on campus. You're already rolling. Not a big deal. But I'm really excited about that because that opens up additional times throughout the year for me to do garage sales, for me to go to the bins, for me to uh, really kind of in, increase my eBay. Um, and we've got some listeners. I mean, we've got one in the Discord that I know um, uh, is was a teacher and has moved to full time. And mm-hmm. I've talked with him multiple times. I'm able to connect with him because I know that uh, the struggle he's gone through with that and to see like, hey, maybe this might be the the thing that gives me additional time, like an extra three weeks out of the year where I get to kind of go full time over the course of a few years could make a significant impact. Um, so I guess the thing I'm taking from this is no matter what kind of job you have, um, find the times where you can, if you're a part-time reseller and you're considering going full-time, you're considering trying to make it more of a, um, or, or even if you don't want to go full-time, you just want to say, Hey, I want to go from making an extra $5,000 a year to making an extra 20,000. a year. I, I need to pay my car payment. Like I want to pay that off or something like that um, is to find those, find those times where you can and slowly increase it. It doesn't have to be an overnight thing. Like I'm looking at this as an extra three weeks a year, which I'm blessed, like not everybody gets that opportunity. But an extra three weeks a year over the course of five years can really improve the amount of items I have, Mm. um, some knowledge that I have. So I'm not expecting like, hey, this year, I'm going to be able to like just jump ship and go full time because I got an extra three weeks well, what it does do is it's over a period of time. It's going to make that more likely a possibility. So I think um, you know for our listeners, as no matter where you're at, is if you can kind of think about it, if every year you're growing, that starts to stack exponentially, especially when you're thinking about things like knowledge, um, and and even inventory. Like you know this, I mean, you're selling more of your items at at a, a steeper discount. I know mm-hmm. you are, um, which you couldn't do if you didn't have a big inventory already. If you were just stuck on, I can only sell things that I'm sourcing right now. You weren't making any money on anything you currently had. It probably wouldn't be enough, right? Like, so because you've been able to build up over years, an inventory base, even though I'd love to be fast nickel, um, kind of having that is what over time allows you to make a living, even when things are rough. So I'm just kind of having that long-term perspective on that. And, um, One last thing, uh, The we've kind of gotten settled now. The move is pretty much done. Uh, and so we're really trying to get eBay rolling again. And it was amazing because for the couple of months when we were leading up to our move from California to Texas, um, we were kind of really slow on the store. We had our stores handling time was a little bit longer. Uh, we weren't really sending offers. We weren't really taking many offers unless it was really good. Um, we were trying to offload a bunch of our inventory. So now it's like, all right, well, let's send out some offers. So we've got like, hey, there's 15 items that have offers available. Let's send those out. Like that day, it was like overnight, like turning on a light switch, not just those items, but like other items started selling. It's like, we haven't had sales like this in a long time. So that again, it's only anecdotal, uh, but it just goes to show that if you are not active, it has a negative impact on your store, 100%. -hmm. And then the moment you start doing things like sending offers, accepting offers, it, it does start to trigger other sales coming into your store. So um, th- that was kind of my experience this last couple of weeks is just seeing, Hey, look, there's there's things coming in now. Like I'm starting to get sales, um, even on stuff that I didn't send offers on, but because I haven't sent offers in a month or two. So it, it does make a big difference if you're not doing those things, not only do you get the Increased probability that you're gonna sell one of those items that you're sending an offer on, but you're also most likely all indicators are pointing towards you're also going to be able to sell other items in your store just because the algorithm will be rewarding you.
1: No, I, I agree, I agree. It, it it is interesting because the the I okay, a few things you said. One is I agree. If I didn't have this large inventory, I don't know if I'd be reselling right now, honestly. Right? The the large reselling has allowed me to be able to, you know, even though things are slow, I'm still selling stuff, right? Now, I'm not selling anywhere close to the volume I was selling six months ago. It's crazy. I, I'm down 20%, okay? But even with that 20%, I, I'm i still able to make it. And one thing I'll say, a lot of people talk negatively about home runs, right? In the sense that, you know, you can't always be looking for the home runs. You got to have those consistent things that you're always selling. But home runs have been holding things up, Right. So I may have a slow day, but I'll sell something that's worth four to five hundred the next day. And it more than makes up for the slow day. Right. And so I think if you see home runs, like why would you not pick those up? Right. Even if it's a little bit out of your out of your niche, I, maybe if it's, it's out of your comfort zone, but you think you can swing it. You know how how to make it happen. I would say pick it up. That's just my thoughts because I know right now, you know, there's there's all this talk that's going around that, you know, niche down, only sell, you know, what you know and just repeat the process over and over again and you'll get better, which there's truth to that. But at the same time and in, a, in an economy where there is no certainty, I think there is value in having a wide variety of things. Now, when you're talking about being active, I agree. In the sense that even now, I think it's more important to be active because of everything, whether it's send offer, whether it's you know accepting offers, whether it's shipping on the same day. And the reason I say that is because I think the algorithm is stronger. <laughs> Just, I, I I get the sense that it is it is more looking to those sellers that are looking to sell and make that sell through. Because uh, remember, eBay wants a sell through. Now, we're going to talk about a little bit later what that sell through is. But uh, I'm glad. I'm glad sales are coming through. I'm glad you're selling some stuff. I'm glad you're you're settled. <laughs>
0: you're settled. That's a big deal for sure. It's,
1: it's kind of weird, this new normal. But, you know. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's, it's good. It's, it's a good thing. I'm glad you're able to move. You know, right now, I would say if I, my son was didn't have one more year, I'd be out of California, po- very possibly, very possibly. So, hey, before we move on, one thing that brings me comfort is the fact that even though I am terrible at bookkeeping, my reseller genie is not. And so if you ever uh, get in this place like, oh, I, I don't even know what to do with these Excel spreadsheets. I don't know how to check out my P&L, meaning my profit and loss. Go to my reseller genie. You can sign up using our code, all caps, pure hustle. You'll get fifteen percent off the first month. And with that fifteen percent off the first month, you'll be able to import all your eBay sold from last year, this year. You'll be able to keep track of your inventory, your shipping, your fees, your promoted listing fees, whatever expenses there are. And it's gonna help you know your numbers. It's gonna help you with your taxes. And I strongly, strongly recommend my reseller genie so again go to the link below and use our code pure hustle all caps and get 15 percent off that first month all right you have yeah. any random stories here mike
0: um yeah so okay a couple of things so um i mentioned a few podcasts ago about um an item that i was out of stock unfortunately on um because of the move and it was like a weird freaky situation um, and the, the buyer did not respond like it was one mm. of those situations where like I sent the like, hey, here's I, I could offer you this, I could offer you this, I could cancel if you'd like to cancel, I can give you 10% off other things in my store, like I did all the things, they don't respond. And I get it like I could, you could, you could just press. Buy a request to cancel. You deal with that, right? Like it's up to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I just couldn't. I, I was like, no. I mean, I'm I'm out of stock. They're not responding. I don't want to. I don't want to be guilty of just lying to an eBay rep. If this came down to a fight, right? So I, I I just did the out of stock. I took the hit. I took the ding. Um, and then I was it. Um, was it Harry Tornado who commented? Somebody commented. About gift cards. Yes. Yeah. OK, so and again, this is not like this isn't a recommendation like people should do this or not do this. But I thought this was a really interesting comment. Uh, and so I kind of want to share that. And then I wanted to share like the, the end part of this story. It has like a part two of my item being out of stock. Okay. So um, we had a comment and I'm pretty sure it was Harry Tornado uh, mentioned that one of the things that they do, um, if a buyer, I mean, you're doing your due diligence, right? You're, like you're reaching out to the buyer. Hey, this is the situation and like, can we resolve it? They're not willing or don't respond to you. One possibility that you could do is send them and let them know in a message like, sorry, I'm going to have to, you know, I will refund this um, order. But, um, you know, to make up for this inconvenience, I'm going to be sending you a gift card, uh, maybe and a coupon to my eBay store or something like that. And so for you, go get a $5 Starbucks card or whatever kind of card, plus throw in a coupon for your eBay store. And you mail it and you use that tracking as you're tracking for the item. And then you go and you refund the, the customer. So technically, as far as eBay is concerned, an item um, was shipped and then you refunded the customer. So the customer gets their money back. They also get like a, hey, I'm sorry situation. Um, and you're not taking that ding. Now, I again, people may fall on different lines as far as like, is that ethical? Is it not ethical? And I'm not necessarily recommending it because eBay may or may not have their views on what th- that, that maybe be go against policies. But I do think... That that's a ingenious way of getting around the situation and I mean you' you're ending up with the same outcome the buyer gets their money back the you're the only thing that's different is the buyer gets like a hey I'm sorry this happened gift card so you're out five bucks and you're not taking the ding on your account so it's like I mean it seems like a pretty smart option to do. Um, all that to be said my uh, kind of long-term thing is I re- refunded this buyer, Weeks ago, they comment back and they were willing to take one of my offers of like, hey, I've got this other item that's kind of similar. If you're interested in that, um, I've got another item. I didn't even have it listed, but I explained it if you want that or I could cancel the and they didn't respond, didn't respond, didn't respond. I refunded them. Weeks go by, then they respond I'm like, sure, I'll take that other item. So now I'm in this like, dang it, like I already took the hit on that. Yeah. Um. So now I'm like, well, I could. And so I told them like, well, let me list that item for you. I'll give you a discount on that. So now I'm like, do I call eBay and say, Hey, like I did an out of stock, but I actually like resolved this with the customer and we sold something else instead made an exchange. Like if they would take that out of stock off of my, I, uh, got it. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I mean, I don't know. So um, I know I, I talked about kind of two different things, but related. Um, I'm sure Orlando, you have something to say about the, the idea, but again, I'll let our listeners kind of make up their mind where they fall on that. I get not recommending it. eBay might be totally against it, but it's just a, a interesting concept, right? Like because it, it doesn't hurt anybody and it and it does offer like a hey, I'm sorry to the to the customer.
1: Yeah. Well, the whole conversation came out of uh Casich store who last year got suspended for doing the method that we always encourage. And I still encourage it, where you know you're out of stock, so you tell them, hey. I don't have this item. I can instead send you this or we can cancel the transaction. And then the buyer says, well, please cancel. And then you hit buyer asked to cancel. So I guess that did not work in favor <laughs> over there. I've never had a problem with it, but it's not to say it won't happen to me. To me, I would definitely have, I would think, a strong argument with eBay in the sense that the buyer truly said cancel it. So when I click buyer asked to cancel, I'm not lying. Buyer asked to cancel. And that to me, is it's very black and white. To me, that's safer than the other alternative. The, the the gift card alternative was gets tricky. The reason it gets tricky is one, you're sending something out that you did not list. So if the buyer really wants to, the buyer could put an INAD and keep the gift card. <laughs> right. And so you're out that money. Right. The second is eBay is not a big fan of like communications outside of sales. Like they they just don't they, they they don't encourage that. And so I I just think yeah in a real world scenario everybody's happy, right? It seems like a great scenario. Uh, in the eBay terms of service, it gets it gets really sketch. And so again, I, I agree with you. Like. To each their own to whatever you feel like doing i'm gonna keep doing our method where i offer something if it's not available i ask them if they want to cancel to say please cancel i'll just cancel and that's it like to me that seems reasonable now i think when people get in trouble is when they do that a lot when they're really out of stock Uh, one of our good friends that we've had here uh, before had that scenario where they were cross listing and they had a ton of items that kept listing on other sites and then it would sell on eBay and then they had to hit out of stock. And then eBay is like, all right, we're done. Like you can't keep doing this. Okay. So, so yeah, I mean, I like, even, even right now I'm in a scenario where <laughs> I sold something and I broke it <laughs> before backing it. It was a vintage uh, toy truck and like I broke the hitch off of it and I messaged the buyer and you know, right now it's like three in the morning, so they're not going to get back to me Uh, and they may never get back to me. So do I ship the broken item and get the negative feedback? Do I just cancel it? And then nothing, you know, his response is uh, a non-response, which is a suggestion to cancel. I know that's a stretch, but I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. Right. I, I don't know what to do. This is why I think eBay, really i know we already did a whole episode we probably should have brought this up ebay should give people who have top rated seller and consistent sales like three grace like you know three grace cancellations right because buyers can cancel all day long without any ramifications yeah they tell us that people you know end up getting whatever penalty and so on but we don't know about that right and so same thing with buyers. They don't have to know that we as sellers, you know, get dinged after three grace cancellations, you know, those would have been useful for me in the last two, three months. So anyways, I I get it. I It's just, it's, just, it's a, it's a tough one because eBay isn't very clear. Um, I mean, they're clear on like if buyer has to cancel, you can click it. But you know, the fact that people have gotten suspended and so on, that's kind of interesting. That's kind of interesting so all right so my random story is it's kind of a funny one it's not i don't know if this there's a there's a moral to this story so i picked up a whole bose unit like you know remote speakers uh a subwoofer you know cables and all this and what i always do with bose stuff is i never sell it whole you always make a lot more money by separating all the components because sometimes people are like, hey, I want to replace the remote. I want to replace the speakers. Well, I myself have a Bose system for my for my TV and everything in my living room. So I decided to pack some stuff over by my living room. And I I took my remote with me so I can like turn up the volume on my TV. And uh, so I'm like getting ready to go to the post office. And I'm like, man, like you know what? I want to catch this last show, whatever. I, I got to turn up the volume. So I asked myself, I'm like, dude, where is the remote? So we're like looking everywhere for the remote. I can't find the remote anywhere. But then I see a remote that's sold and I'm like, wait a second. Didn't I pack that remote? Like, why is it sitting there? And I'm like, wait a second. And, and I'm like, is it possible that I packed my own remote and almost shipped it out? And so, so I go and go to the package, I open it and sure enough, I almost shipped them my own remote control. So that would have been an interesting one. Number one, cause the great mystery of where did it go would have happened. I would have gotten an net out of it. And yeah. So anyways, I don't know if that adds value to anybody. Just make sure that if you're selling remotes that you keep your, your own remotes in far distance from what you're packing. So that was good times. That's funny. And then, uh, <laughs> I don't I thought it was
0: funny because No, it's it's hilarious.
1: Cause well, I mean, what would happen? That that remote's gone and shipped back. And then do I ask the buyer, hey, can you ship back my remote? Can, it's actually mine. my remote, please. Yeah. And and I have a sound bar. So if I don't have that remote and I turn off the sound bar, I can't turn it back on. So I would have been in a mess. I would have been a mess. And the other one, uh, you know, I went thrifting in 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 uh, I was in Seattle. And uh, one thing I've always learned is you can't really negotiate too much at the store. That shall not be named goodwill. But when you go to like to St. Vincent de Paul or the others, like there's always opportunity. So I went to one and I guess everything that was green was half off. And I go, you know, I'm looking and I'm like, how about, you know, what's this right here? And they're like, Oh, that one has green. is half off. And I'm like, how about this other item? And she looked at me and she's like, you know, I think that one's half off too. I was like, really? It's not green. She's like, yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. And the, the, the only thing that I didn't like was when I looked up comps for a lot of the items, it wasn't worth picking up anyways. So my lesson, (laughs) my lesson here is just because you're getting a great deal, doesn't mean you need to pick it up. Right. Because there was a lot of stuff. She was like, I'll give it to you half off. I'll give it to you half off. And I only picked up one thing. I actually shared an Instagram story about this uh, yesterday, the day, you know, the day before this podcast drops. Uh, where I, I picked up a Fitbit, uh, for like 25 bucks and I flipped it within, I listed it in the airport cause my plane was delayed. I used photo room, took pictures, listed it and by the evening it sold for like 75 bucks and I made like $40. So nice. it wasn't too bad. So there you go. So I always like, I always like, you know, selling while on the road. I wish I had taken more time uh, to go sourcing, but thrift prices in there were crazy. Tonka trucks that sell for like 30 on eBay We're 30 in the thrift. So, you know, this is one thing I shared on the Instagram story is even if inflation goes down, let's say we get back to 2% where I guess we're supposed to be, prices aren't going to go back, right? We're not going to have the dollar menu at McDonald's anymore. It's not like thrift stores. You know, people are like, well, if they get flooded and supply and demand, I don't think it applies to thrift stores. One thrift stores are selling Hawaiian shirts for like eight to $10 here in San Diego even the cheap ones and actually rain spooners now are selling for like 15 or 20. They're not one day going to go, you know what? We probably need to drop these prices. I don't think that's ever happening. So just be aware that, that, you know, you may go one day, I'll be able to go back to thrift stores. Like, I don't think that time's coming because if you look historically, whenever inflation goes up, prices never go down, even if inflation goes down.
0: Right? Right. I mean, the, the, the alternative, and I think you're right. I don't think prices go down. Um, maybe down to an extent in certain fields, like across the board, it's not going to go down. Uh, But I think the other side of the coin is eventually the other aspect of inflation is salaries will be inflated. And so um, the equivalent of paying eight to $10 for a Hawaiian shirt in 2026, 2027, who knows might feel the same as paying for paying three dollars for a hawaiian shirt back in 2018 so as the so yeah the prices won't go down but if if prices inflation goes up salary inflation goes up um the equivalence is it's going to be there because you could say like you know the for instance a a good example would be something like a candy bar right like when our parents or grandparents talk about like when i was a kid candy bars were 10 cents And it's like, yeah, but like 10 cents to you back then was kind of like paying a dollar or $2 for a candy bar today. It's not that big of a difference, even though it costs significantly more. You still can have almost the same access to candy bars, even though the prices are higher because everything has gone up. So I think you're right. I, I don't think prices come back down, but eventually I think it almost evens out. So maybe unless the thrift stores continue to raise their prices, but if let's say they cap it. $10 Ten dollars for a Hawaiian oh, I see shirt. What you're okay, okay. Then, then over the course of the next five years, it might be like, okay, that's the new thing. I pay ten dollars for a Hawaiian shirt, but now they sell for seventy-five, eighty on eBay, and that's kind of like the equivalent of me buying them for three dollars and selling them for forty or fifty. So,
1: who knows? It's just it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be, you know, we're gonna be with our
0: grandkids and be like,
1: you know, kids, the good old days when we go to the thrift and you can pick up a pair of shoes
0: for four dollars. Like, yeah. that's gonna happen. I'll never know. They'll never know, like we that, that we had to walk to school uphill in the snow <laughs> both ways. They'll never they'll never get it.
1: Uh, it just I it just it's gonna be fascinating, that's all I'm saying. So all right. Hey, before we move on, I want to say thank you to everyone that continues to support our podcast uh, via Patreon. It's been really helpful, uh, especially, you know, in this whole transition. Now people are saying, hey, actually, the podcast is better <laughs> now that Mike's gone, which kind of I don't know how I feel about that. But I don't yeah. know. I'm not gone.
0: Okay, okay. The way Can you I, say it makes right. it sound like I'm gone. I'm not gone. I, I know, I know. It's not there. I know,
1: I know. But, you know, it's different. But uh, thanks to everyone that supported us, uh, you know, we're able to still bring the quality audio. Uh, bring the quality video and just everything that comes along with the podcast. And, you know, we continue to to provide free content. So thank you to everyone. If you haven't yet signed up and you want to help us out, go to patreon.com slash podcast. That's patreon.com slash podcast. You can go to the link below for 555 a month. Uh, You can help support the podcast. And the bonus is you get to jump on the discord. that has all kinds of different sellers on there. And we keep getting new sellers on there, whether they be people that sell on Depop, on Amazon, on Mercari, on... On eBay, vintage, new items, retail arbitrage—I love the the plethora of different variety of resellers that we have on there. We have a good time. We learn a lot from each other. We have camaraderie. People are encouraging to one another. Just a great place to be. And as always, if you haven't been following us on social media, we are Pure Soul Podcast on all social media, except for X. We are Pure also Cast on X. And as always, you can leave us a phone call 619 six one nine seven three eleven seventy at six one nine seven three 81170 or shoot us an email at at gmail.com. And if you haven't caught us over on uh, YouTube, jump on over, uh, check out the podcast, hit that subscribe button. You can always jump back to the, just listen to the podcast, but help us out. We're trying to get those subscribers up, uh, smash that like button. As always, thank you to all of you uh, that support us on iTunes by writing a review. Uh, you know, we are the most reviewed recently podcast, the number one reselling podcast out there. Thankful for all of you. All right, so yeah. we're, we're going to do a deep dive here in reseller topics, so That's we'll, we'll right. see where this goes.
0: USPS and UPS prices are battling it out. Which one is better? And eBay CEOs are against each other? Which one is more seller-centric? Let's talk about that. Alondo, <laughs> take it away. So
1: I'm going to say something, and maybe it'll be controversial, but... I've mentioned this before. I love USPS Ground Advantage. I think it's like one of the best moves that has been made by the post office probably since I've started reselling. And and the reason I say that's twofold. So if you haven't yet, and you know you ship a lot of stuff UPS Ground, right? Or FedEx Ground, take a look at USPS Ground. It's actually cheaper at times. Now obviously it depends on the dimensions, it depends on where it's going. But I've been I've been shipping more stuff USPS ground and it's been great. So, if you disagree, let me know because I know a lot of people do not like the post office. Uh, and I understand like the insurance, right? The other reason I like USPS ground advantage is that you get insurance on everything now up to $100. It wasn't like that before. If you did a USPS first class, uh you you really didn't you didn't have any insurance, right? get to buy the insurance. Now you get to up to a hundred, which is great. And UPS offers also a hundred on any, any item, So it's very competitive. Also the times, depending on where you're shipping throughout the country, sometimes the times might be faster on USPS ground advantage than UPS. So I encourage everyone definitely to look at that. Uh, And I say, do this at your own risk, not financial or shipping advice or whatever we put it. There's times that people buy stuff priority and I look at USPS ground advantage and it's like off by a day. And knowing that I ship the same day, I know that it's going to get there in time. And so sometimes I'll choose USPS ground advantage over priority. And I haven't had an issue. Now I did have some people DM me uh, on Instagram. Tell me, yeah, Orlando, we were doing that and I got dinged. So do at your own risk. I haven't been dinged yet. I've done it multiple times and it's been great. So the key
0: thing is, do you get it there at the time window that eBay says you'll get it there? Yeah. I mean, most of the time that's what's going to matter. I think probably more often than not going USPS is, is the safer route in the sense of like, if it's going to a military base or it's going to a PO box or various things like that, you could go wrong going UPS instead of USPS. You're probably more likely to run into issues. But again, we even had people who have commented or have mentioned in, in the discord, maybe, or maybe it was a YouTube comment uh, that they based off where they're at, they get UPS, their USPS doesn't come. And like, so you could end up with a customer who's upset. But again, it's almost like a roll uh, like rolling the dice. And the, it's it's the exception, not the rule where there's those weird like my if it goes FedEx, it never makes it to my house. They always deliver it wrong. And that's why I asked for UPS. Th- those do happen but i don't think those are the normal so you're probably if you were a betting person you're probably fine doing it that way but uh it-, it could go wrong for sure
1: okay so and again i will say the insurance on USPS like they've been stricter about it but you know i in my last 2 years of selling thousands of items i've only had three break three okay and out of those three uh, the post office did not pay me for only one item, so I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. All right, you ready to talk about some eBay history here? Let's do it. Okay. So right off the bat, the former CEO Devin Winig, and let's let's separate it from the whole scandal about the the pig's head and all that. Okay, <laughs> let's just look at, let's just look at this because he's not even tied to that. Okay, he's not even tied to that. But people are alleging that he was, but that never came out to be true. So I don't want to discuss any of that. But when you think of Devin Wenig, as far as remember eBay opened twenty nineteen, he came out, he gave the keynote. What are some things you remember from that that he he was kind of sharing? I'm putting you on the spot. I know.
0: Uh, no, it's good. Um, I know there was the cell protections, right? That was a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the and I don't. It wasn't necessarily him, but it was one of the other, um, like the vice presidents, about the kind of the social media aspect of of um. Not really social media, but but trying to have that aspect of the, um, what's it called? eBay, where they they've got like, you can go in if you're a comic book person, and they have whole like almost blog pages on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was also the white background, which was pretty cool that that was coming out. Uh, but the biggest thing was it, I almost felt like they were trying to move from from a eBay model to almost like Amazon, where they wanted more. Uh, like repeat customers, um the buy it again thing. I, I definitely remember that being something. Didn't really feel like super convenient or working for me, but I or I liked the idea in the sense of um I think he mentioned like if it's especially if it's like going to a warehouse and they're coming out with eBay boxes and those eBay boxes are on people's, you know, porches and that's advertising. Mm-hmm. And, I remember that So there, yeah. was some, there was some there was some there were some cool things that, that were, were mentioned. If I I mean there's more if I were to think about it, but those are some of the ones that kind of stand out. So I, I to me, aside
1: from all the macro stuff, right? We can talk about how reselling has changed due to different, you know, administrations and office, you know, as far as the country. We can talk about how reselling has changed, right? Because the big event that happened in 2020, right, that affected everybody in the world. We can talk about how reselling has changed on eBay. Uh, just just overall, you know, the, the macro economics of things, right? But I, I wanted to focus on here uh, on the change in CEOs because I think it has had a major effect on how eBay functions. So some things I look back and yeah, buy it again was one of those things that was great. It was one of those things, you know, if somebody buys something from you and you have the same item they could buy from again. So it really didn't help the sellers, right? That were in the secondary market. That was more like Amazon-ish, right? Uh, the other thing was managed delivery. Remember managed delivery? Do you remember what that was?
0: Refresh my memory. That was it was Amazon FBA, but eBay style. yeah, that's what I was thinking about. Or it's like it came from a warehouse because that's where. Because my my thought process originally was because that's when he mentioned, "Hey, imagine eBay boxes on all of these porches," and it was going to be from basically it's like the eBay version of FBA. That's why I said they kind of wanted to be like Amazon, where people would send things in, and then eBay would be the ones boxing it and sending it out, kind of like Amazon FBA my thought process was why not just basically give away your boxes to your sellers make it really cheap for sellers to get a hold of boxes and then it's free advertisement in, in that way so um cuz i think he was spot on with the, like yeah cuz i think he he gave the numbers and it was an astonishing number of of items are sold through eBay but most people don't know like when boxes are going out that like eBay's not getting the advertisement for that but like Amazon I mean, you see that check mark. You see those trucks. You see the the lockers inside of Seven Elevens, right? Like they're getting that advertisement everywhere. Like imagine if eBay was doing the same. So I liked that that thought of imagine eBay boxes everywhere. Mm-hmm. But I didn't like the idea of like because it it wouldn't work for me. Like I'm not going to be sending things into eBay. If and if you were, it, you're going to almost basically be doing the Amazon FBA, where it's like, hey, I bought a hundred things of toothpaste and I'm sending it into to eBay, and they're going to manage that for me. Which at that point it's like that's just Amazon. Like eBay is not going to be Amazon. But I I I appreciated the idea of the marketing aspect.
1: Yeah. So I think there were ideas that were were interesting. Right. We all were like, wow. But what I what I liked about it was it was to me it seemed a lot more seller focused, I guess, and like trying to find ways for us to get our products out there more. Right. To to sell more. Uh, to to bring in more buyers, right? To bring in a lot more buyers, right? Because if eBay was able to find a way that they could be competitive to Amazon, they obviously could get some of the market share of Amazon, right? They could get some of the market share of Walmart. It wasn't even doing Walmart Plus back then. But whatever it is, more buyers could come in. But since then, we've seen a steady decline in buyers, right? And it's like, whoa, wait, wait a second. Why is that happening, right? We went through 2020. That was the biggest reselling year, maybe of all time, right? As far as eBay goes, okay, like through the roof, right? It was insane. But somehow we haven't retained buyers, right? We haven't grown. Like you would think the number, I think it was like at 159 million, 159 million back in 2019. I could be off my numbers, but you would have thought because of 2020, we would have 200 plus million by now. Right. All of these people are online. And instead, we've declined, declined, declined. And I think now we're like one thirty something million. OK. So I'm like, OK, what what has changed? Right. We can say at the macro level things have changed, but maybe maybe something else has changed. And so I started reading some articles here and there. I started doing a deep dive. And then I'm like, you know, a lot of reasons that things change in business or like, you know, in education. A lot of reasons that schools change the way they do things is because who's the head of the school? right. They have a new vision, they have a new plan. And so I started looking at earnings reports and what people were saying. And, uh, and I've been working on this for like, you know, a month or so cause I was like, there has to have been something. So I looked and I found this quote from uh, a CEO, uh, uh, Jamie Aon. Uh, this is in, when, when did this happen? This is part of eBay's Q2 2021 earnings call, right? So this is after the huge upsurge that we had and everything. And eBay had lost 2 million active buyers in that quarter, okay? But this is what he said. He said, we've discontinued legacy tactics that led to low-value, infrequent, or one-and-done buyers. Our buyer base is starting to evolve based on this strategy. These high-volume buyers are growing compared to a year ago, and their spend on eBay is growing even faster. This higher quality mix of buyers increases value for sellers and will lead to improved health of our ecosystem over the long term. This is something that I laid out last July when we talked about the tech led reimagination as being focused on turning buyers into lifelong enthusiasts on the platform and moving away from the tactics that we had in 2019, what was really just about the number of active buyers, even low value buyers or one and done buyers. I've got the whole organization pivoted to focusing on those high value buyers, buyers that are buying over $800, buying six times a year, or buyers who sell. And so you think that these buyers are so strong at eBay that they are 20%, 20% of them make up 75% of GMV gross merchandise value. That's, that's basically when people buy stuff and they sell and eBay gets the fees. And the goal is, how do we turn more buyers into these long, lifelong enthusiasts? I've met lots of buyers. They wake up and get a cup of coffee and they turn on eBay and open the eBay app. And our focus is really not just the total number, but really focus on how are we driving these buyers to become enthusiasts? The metrics that we show on the board deck are trailing 12 month metrics. So obviously lapping the buyers that we acquired in, 20, in Q2. But going forward, our focus really will be on these long term enthusiasts. So I'm excited to say that our GMV is growing. They're growing as a population and more and more you're going to see us doing things to drive that longevity because we know the things that move buyers up the cohort curves into long-term buyers. And so I'm like, all right, now I understand. Now I understand why we have send offers, right? Why that come, right? Because you're trying, right? It's people that already bought stuff are looking at stuff. They're interested and you're sending them out. This is why we're doing coupons. Right? Coupons, you can't just send coupons to random people. Most of the time, you're sending the people that already buy, bought stuff. This is why your storefront is important now. Where back in the day, it was like, listen and forget it. It doesn't matter. But now they're pushing storefronts. Now they're pushing newsletters, emails to buyers, all these different things. And so, this is why when you're, this is the, the practical application. I'll go more into this. To me, it seems, it's no longer about listen and forget it. It's no longer about finding those one-off items. It's more about nurturing the people who are buying stuff from you and finding stuff that those people have bought to get them to buy that stuff again. Right? So you're you are basically, I don't know if it's the right word, but you are niching down. Right? So if if most of your buyers were like vintage toys, you need to keep sourcing vintage toys. Cause that's where you're going to be. Things are going to be driven to. If you're selling vintage t-shirts, you need to keep sourcing vintage t-shirts. At least this is what, the way I'm
0: seeing it. But, but if it's, if it's buy again, that's not necessarily saying that it's buy from the same store. Um, a similar type of item. I almost feel like it's the Amazon style of, it needs to be a replenishable where you've got multiple of where a customer can come back and buy again. Um, I could be wrong, but that's almost what that sounds like. Not just like they're looking for return buyers at a store or in a category. Um, And again, it's that push almost to that eBay or that uh, Amazon style, because that's not going to help a garage sale type seller like us. Um, Even if you niche down and you might have a handful of returning customers, which is a good thing, but that's not the same thing as, hey, they want someone who comes on and they always get their... I don't know whatever it is. Their kids' diapers on eBay because there's a store that has them and it's a replenishable. Um, I, I almost feel like that's what they're looking for those those kinds of return buyers. It's almost like they can do the like how Amazon has the uh, subscribe and save. It's almost like that's eBay is looking for a subscribe and save. Well, let me let me elaborate more. So you know, Mike and
1: I, we've always gone like, you know, always pay attention to what's said in eBay open. Always pay attention to the seller updates because there's always something that everyone misses and then they go back to a year or two later and go, oh, eBay was selling this, this the whole time. So I found something like that. So eBay opened last year. One of their VPs did a presentation on enthusiast, enthusiast buyers. This is what those are. They are 70% of the GMV. They are nine times more to buy than regular buyers. They spend about $3,000 a year on eBay. And there's two types. One is they're category centered. So they're either people that buy trading cards, sports memorabilia. That's what they were saying. They're pushing that. Like it's more of like collectibles and so on. Then the other type is value seekers. So these are people that are looking for secondhand items, but they're looking for free shipping and they're looking for seller offers. Right? So if you fit into one of these two, my guess is the algorithm is pushing people to those to those sells, to those people that to those sellers, sorry, to those sellers, and that's why those people are are doing really well, right? Like trading cards right now, people are still doing well. Sports memorabilia, people are still doing well. If you're selling shoes, you might be doing well, but it's only if you're attracting the value seekers, and those value seekers are people that like free shipping and people that like making offers, right? So gone are the days of like I'm just gonna list something, not put any best offer. Gone are the days that I'm not gonna, you know, have any free shipping. Like if unless you are in a category that's a highly collectible category, highly demanded category, the algorithm algorithm is not gonna push you unless you are category centered or you're a value seeker seller. Does that make any sense to you? Yeah, that's uh, yeah, good. All right. That's what they said. So I'll put the link on the video uh, in our description below uh, so you can watch the video. So, but they said it, <laughs> They said it. And so to me, it makes sense that why two reasons why eBay doesn't care about how many active buyers there are. Number one is they're making a lot more money on promoted listings. Okay. So they're still making their profits. Okay. Number two, they're not trying to get more buyers. They're just trying to keep the buyers that they have and get them to spend more. Right? So you need to keep that in mind when you're sourcing. And I do now, I will say now when I'm sourcing, I don't just think about like, Oh, here's the comps. Here's the sell through. I sometimes go like, do I already have a bunch of people that follow my store or do I have a bunch of repeat sellers that have saved searches that will most likely the moment I list this, buy it right away. And I've had, I've had, you know, lately my, my new thing is I'm buying a lot of Vietnam era stuff, right? So I've sold like helmets, I've sold pins, I've sold a lot of stuff from the seventies and, and I'm having some of the same kind of buyers buying those items. And so this is why I think newsletters may be something we need to start thinking about if you haven't thought about it, which is kind of weird, right? Because that's not how eBay used to be, but maybe now, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm off a little bit, but watch the video. Let us know your comments below what your thoughts are on this information. So this is what I think. I think we went from eBay 2019 and before with Devin Wenig. We're trying to attract as many buyers as possible. And now with the new CEO, eBay saying, we don't care how many new buyers we have. We just care about developing the buyers that we have and having people keep coming back for the same kinds of items. So Quantity let us know if-
0: versus quality, right?
1: I guess so. I guess so. I don't know whatever way people want to interpret it. So, all right. That is our reseller topics. Uh, it's It's been kind of slow right now. There isn't, you know, there is a seller update coming up. eBay open is coming up here soon. So, you know, stay tuned for that one. So, all right. Hey, before we move on, if you haven't yet uh, checked out, uh, whatnot, just to find some items there, maybe for yourself or maybe to source, to flip. Uh, if you use our link below and sign up, uh, for the first time, you'll get a free fifteen dollars credit. So I strongly encourage you guys if you haven't been on whatnot, you haven't bought anything, go there all the time. You know we get a, a little email that says, "Hey, somebody who signed up bought something," and I think it's really cool because people are you know are either profiting <laughs> off of that link by buying something and flipping it, or they're getting something they want uh, for that price. So check out whatnot below, use our link, sign up, and get that free fifteen dollars credit. Yeah. All right. It's time to help out some buyers here. Some sellers. I mean, some sellers.
0: Bolo. 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 What's your bolo? Yeah. Bolo's are items to be on the lookout for when you're at garage sales, thrift stores, uh, because these items tend to be uh, very profitable. Uh, They're going to make you that money on eBay, which is what we all want to do. So, all right. My bolo, (laughs) Um, man. Okay. So we've kind of talked about this stuff before. Um, and just a reminder um, to pay attention to what's popular in pop culture. Um, I'm not very good with pop culture stuff unless it um, starts really making the news or, or in my circles on social media or whatever, friend groups. Um, and a lot of times it's too late. I don't always, even though I think like a reseller, I, I, I often miss the like, oh man, there was this big controversy. I should have bought that like player's rookie card and then I'd be like killing it right now. Uh, so I often forget those types of things. Um, until it's too late. Uh, but, and, and it's, it might even be kind of late on this one, but like just think about something like the Barbie movie, right? Like that not only just was like a movie that made like Barbie a thing, like people were talking about again, but like super controversial. And like there's like tons going on in the world right now about like whether you like the Barbie movie, didn't like the Barbie movie, what your thoughts were politically about the Barbie movie versus, you know, other movies. And so it's just one of those reminders that, hey, maybe. I'm sure we have plenty of listeners who had some Barbie stuff sell that was like, oh, wait, why did this all of a sudden sell? Uh, and and you didn't realize like, oh, I should have up my price. There was a Barbie movie coming out. Barbie is one of those things that's a little tough because it's such a satur- not Saturated It's not even the right word. It's like saturated in the sense that there's so much out there that you a really got to know. You got to know the niche. Like you got to know what you're doing uh, because it's not like it's even something like, like, for instance, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which we've talked about it's not as prolific as something like Barbie. Like even though there's tons of Teenage Mutant Ninja toys throughout the years, it's not like made in the volume that something like Barbie is with like stuff. So you're more likely if something like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles becomes popular, they have a movie, something like that. They do that. that I know. And that's what I mean. Like that you're more likely that no matter what you have is going to be valuable as opposed to something like a Barbie movie where it's like, there's almost too much Barbie. Um, but even still, I'm sure that if you had the collectible Barbie stuff, you had the stuff that you, that was worthwhile, that, that stuff would have gone up, right? Because then the people who are really collecting, that, there's more hype, there's more interest. So just the kind of general one is be paying attention to pop culture. Um, so Barbie is kind of the... I wouldn't really get into Barbie because I don't know enough about it. But I know people who like... They, they were able to make more money. Like I know people who are like, that's their niche. and And so they're able to like hey, this new movie came out and capitalized on it. So uh, just the, that's the bolo is pay attention, know your niches and then know when your niche is all of a sudden getting a boost in pop culture.
1: Yeah. And so I want to add to that. Uh, I, not my bolo, but I want to add to that. So last week, Commonwealth Picker uh, had uh, posted on Instagram like a bunch of Pee Wee Herman stuff that was selling them for like crazy. Oh, and yeah, he got yeah, a yeah. lot of flack for that. Like people are like, bro, that's, that's, you know, that's cold. Like, you know, the person just died. But, that's the reality of reselling, right? You got to move fast. I actually passed on a vintage Pee Wee Herman
0: doll at a garage sale like two months ago. We talked about Pee Wee Herman as a as a bolo, though. Did we? Yeah, because I was talking about Blippy, and then I made the comment like Blippi is kind of like a Pee Wee Herman, different. <laughs> okay. But and then we started talking about the toys, and so okay, we okay, remember but we looked at the couch. the same. Do not. Inst- <laughs> no, no, but I mean, like, as far yeah, as just, like, yeah. the silly, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's generationally different, of, and even the style and stuff, but, like, I kind of made that, like, his mannerisms were, were somewhat similar. Um, But then, we yeah, we looked up that couch and, like, the, all the toys. Like, that was a yeah. it was a pretty big bolo, even even prior to uh, the passing. So,
1: and there's no way to plan for that, okay? Like, there's no, like, I think somebody's going to pass away this year or whatever. But I will say, it, it does help to be you know, in tune with current events and stuff, because, you know, you just never know when things are going to sell. And, and, you know, my counter argument to all the people that I hated on, on Kevin over in Commonwealth Picker is that a lot of people just want to connect with those items because they really, you know, looked up to that person or whatever it is. And so they're willing to pay and to them, they don't care. Like they'll pay the three X or the four X or the five X on an item because it's important to them. Right. And so they don't see it as they're, you know, as somebody is trying to, you know, upsell them on stuff. They see it as like, hey, this item's available. I want to buy it. Same thing happened with, remember when Kobe Bryant passed? Like, all my Kobe Bryant stuff sold in like 30 minutes. Like, ching, 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 ching. ching. It was crazy. And, uh, you know, I had other people that were like, wow, I got some Kobe stuff I didn't list. And they listed it and they're able to connect things with people. So, yeah, I, I agree with you, you know, and, and the Barbie one, that stuff, just be careful out there. You know, I, I've been at garage sales lately. And people are trying to sell stuff for like a hundred something dollars. I'm like, come on now, like, this is not worth a hundred something dollars. So, so, all right, Hey, my bolo. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm trying not to be vague. Like initially I put back to school items, but I want to elaborate uh, what I mean by that. So there's a lot of stuff in schools that, that people buy to make their classrooms better. So for example, Every school has, every department, depending on, you know, the type of school, they have budgets, right? So some nice private schools have really nice budgets per department. Some schools don't have any budgets, right? But people are always looking for stuff. And so right now, teachers are trying to buy stuff to enhance their classroom, right? So, for example, you know, if, if you have a set of books that maybe an elementary library would want, like Goosebumps. I've mentioned Goosebumps before. Like that's something that right now, if people are offering you to buy from you, like you need to sell right now, right? There's no better time, right? I just recently sold a jumbo uh, size of Bananagrams. Bananagrams like this game usually it comes with small tiles, but these came in jumbo tiles that were I don't know like eight inch by eight inch or whatever. But that's so they can use with their classrooms, right? And it's sold for, I paid three bucks and it's sold like for $50. There's like stuff like Osmo. Osmo is stuff that you can use with an iPad. And so that stuff will sell right now. I just, I have a bunch of, not Bluetooth, but wired keyboards for iPads. I have like, I don't know, like 30 of them right now. And I'm pretty sure those are going to sell by the end of August. So I encourage you, like if you have items that have been sitting around that people can use in a classroom, especially in multiple quantities, now is the time to list them. And if you find them, now is the time to buy them. Uh, right now, dual decks will sell really well because a lot of teachers, right? They have videos that they want to show in class and they're on VHS. And if they don't have a VCR or maybe they want a VCR DVD player uh, so they can use their DVDs and their VHS right now, they want to buy those right TI 84s calculators we've talked about those so think about all those kind of items i know it's kind of vague uh but you know i, I don't want to limit what you source out there cuz i think there's a lot of money to be made if if you source you know appropriately uh, for items beginning of the school year i i myself all the time i remember i would always be looking for deals and i go to amazon and people are selling it for crazy money and I was trying to save the department money, and so I would go and buy whatever VHS or DVDs that I needed off of eBay because there was a better deal there. So, things to think about.
0: All right, Mike, what are you looking forward to here, man? Um, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm looking forward to. I feel like maybe it's similar to what I said last time, but uh, just things moving now, like legitimately, like the stores moving again, um, and and getting those sales, getting things kind of going. Uh, and watching because it's a snowball. like it, things snowball in pretty much every aspect of your life. Um, as you start moving in a positive direction, it's either gonna get more positive quickly or if you're in a negative direction, it gets more negative quickly. And so eBay is the same way like as you start moving in a positive direction, more likely that things are gonna just build momentum. so I'm excited for that momentum to pick up and uh, really see the store start to take off. What about you?
1: <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm waiting for the fruits of my labor. To, to finally come through. You know, I, I this summer I've been working hard. I've been sourcing a lot. I've been listing a lot. Uh, and I'm just waiting for those sales to come through. You know, we're, we're almost at Q3. I will say right now, uh, Halloween stuff is selling for me. So I'm glad that I list that stuff early in the summer. If you have Halloween stuff that you haven't listed, right now you need to list because right now people are buying. Think about it. We're only a month and a half, two months from Halloween. We're not that far away. I'm also, uh, I'm looking for the weather to cool down uh, so I can eventually, you know, get some good pickups at garage sales. I feel that, you know, people have been out there. That's pretty much it. You know, I, I'll i be real with you. I'm just a little burned out uh, from the process of, you know, listening, listening, listening and not seeing sales come through. And so again, I'm a full-time guy. Okay. And so I, I'm waiting for things. I'm looking forward to things to rebound and I'm hoping for things to rebound and so that's kind of what I'm looking forward to. And hopefully the next update, you know, things have improved. I do want this Q4. I want to dabble into Amazon again. I kind of stayed away from Amazon last Q4 because I wanted to experiment. And yeah, I, I think I missed out on money by not dabbling into Amazon. So so we'll see what I remember. People are buying earlier, so I'm going to start sourcing earlier for Amazon. So that's what I'm looking forward to. So, Nice. All right. Well, hey, hopefully all of you were encouraged or you had thoughts that you want to share in the comments uh, and maybe, you know, even discussing how eBay has changed has allowed you to go. You know what? I probably need a list differently. I probably need a source differently or maybe you just need to keep doing what you're doing. But With that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant and be reselling late. Peace.